Today's chat is brought to you by, well, all of your support. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through Podbean's crowdfunding, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a patron of the FFC, please be sure to visit our website and click on the support link. Even a single dollar helps, and for those of you who are already patrons, thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search, focus that fire. And so we come together. Join us. Join the discussion. Welcome to Focused Fire Chat. Welcome back for episode 149 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on November 9th over on twitch.tv slash Chat. As always, want to give a big shout out to our live chat here with us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Our topic for tonight's episode is going to be a look at the man they call Cade Lore Booklet. But first, let's run through a quick introduction of those on the show for tonight. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86 Next up, we have our own master of social media, the one and only green-eyed music lover. Green, hope you're doing well. How's the week treated you so far? Not too bad. Everybody's sending in their requests for money. So I've been busy, busy, busy at work, writing a lot of checks. But other than that, it's been a really good week. How about I, you? It's been busy, busy. Hopefully it's going to slow down for a little while with the Thanksgiving then, Thanksgiving holiday, and then of course tax yeah. season starts up, and it goes right yep. back to right back to eleven. Oh man! Um, <coughs> excuse me. And rounding out the usual team, we have the man who is known far and wide as the Destiny Lore Content Cop, the one and only Beard Grizzly. Beard, how are you doing tonight? Well, let me tell you, Blue. <laughs> Thank God it's Friday. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And that I actually have a weekend to myself. Nice! For the most part. Yeah, speaking about that, I, uh, most of you know I work in a, at a bank. I completely did not realize that Monday was the the uh, observation of uh, the holiday that's on Sunday, because it falls on a Sunday yeah. this month. And some, like, usually that just means, oh, you just miss it, you know, whatever. <laughs> well, someone this later, earlier today was like, all right, so we'll see you Tuesday. And I was like, wait, what? I was like, I completely did not know that I was getting Monday off. So that was, so that was my long weekend. I was like, yay. So yes, I completely, completely understand. And I, and I'm, I'm sympathetic to that, that, uh, euphoria of having time mm-hmm. off. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's weird. <laughs> well, for this episode, uh, Green was kind enough to ask community. Well, I don't, I don't really know if this is a fair thing to even say if this was an actual question because it seemed kind of lopsided the last time I glanced at it. Uh, it's yeah. I mean, <laughs> so... no, this was not a. The moment she had the question up on Twitter, I was like, I don't, I don't know why we even posted the question. I can I tell was, you how this is hey, going to end. Hey, hey, confirmation is not a bad thing. 
<laughs> mm, so that's what we're saying. Okay. <laughs> it's just, I was actually more interested in seeing how, I knew it was going to be lopsided, but I was interested in seeing how many people who would be on the the end, the losing mm-hmm. end of it. That's true, yeah. Like, so, I knew it was going to be lopsided. I just wanted to see I did. how lopsided. Yeah. Right, I really did. That I mean, that was legitimately the reason I posted this question. And the question was, if given the chance, would you disobey Zavala and dig into your past like Cade? And we had, it was actually, this is my most answered question of the week by a lot. We had over 287 votes on this. 94% said yes. They would 100% disobey Zavala and go and dig into their history, their past, their before their life type thing. And uh, 6% said no, which actually I thought was the more interesting part of the statistics. We did have a few people who were kind of silly about it, which I thought was kind of fun. Um, Z was just like, I dis- disobey Zavala for a Klondike bar. which I loved, I loved that response. That made yeah. my yes. day. That, yeah, mine too. But there were some really well thought of ones as well. Um, Cade's Queen said it could be a double-edged sword. You investigate your past and find out you were an absolute terrible person. Uh, Phoenix W or yeah, Phoenix WMO said, "Truth is, I think Zavala is afraid of what he would find. Maybe he would learn that he was a coward, a murderer, a terrible father, a thief, anything that is far flung from the person he is." Right. Yes, there is redemption, but some people can't handle the fact that they cause pain. So there are some yeah. People were really a lot more introspective on this than I thought. Even Pins had something to say about it because Pins, I think, was on the uh, voting that voting no side. Because would you really gain anything by digging into your history? What do you guys think? I think it would be a way to kind of help. Um move forward with closure if nothing else just to kind of know like where you came from and whatnot yeah while we see i i know that we see the the opposite happen with the i mean here's here's the part of anna bray's story that i can kind of understand why she does what she does because it's very much a well daddy zavala told me i could do it but i'm going to do it anyway uh so she's just being very rebellious uh, and in that respect, I understand why it is that she's doing what she's doing. Um, right. But, but she is also not going to necessarily help us that much in terms of like what what is Rasputin doing or anything else, if you will. Uh, in addition, though, like she's able to now start to learn like what the Braves were also about, uh, mm-hmm. even if we've kind of started to kind of poke around with some of that. All the same with like. Um, with Al Sector and whatnot, which, by the way, when are you going to get back to that bungee? Um, <laughs> there's there's just, a, I've heard rumors. I've heard rumors. Uh, if they, like, they've, they, they, they hinted at that one hunter named Ramos in the Eva cards. And I, uh, I, th- I thought back on it. Awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I thought back on Ramos and I was like, where did I hear that before? Al Sector. Crap. Yeah, why you Al- gotta do he this? Was, they, that was the confirmation that Al Sector had Guardian uh, scouts. Mm-hmm. Well, I, 
I still don't know if it was because they had said that it was a a um shoot that they they had said that Al Sector was more of a, a civilian branch. So I don't right, know. yeah, but I mean, wasn't they, Ramos working in conjunction with the Al Sector? To he was, research? but we 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 never got confirmation of like what he was though. It could have just been like oh, the it could have just yeah. I guess that's true because we because we also ended up seeing because uh, I the first time I heard that name, I had to go back and look it up and make sure I wasn't losing my mind about it. Because right. somebody had also said about um, another another similarity in a name. I know I'm going off topic here, but bear with me for a second. So I got to get this off my chest. I had so many people that were like, "Oh my god, the the emissary is Paladin Orin," and I was like, "No, it's Orin. Like Oran and Orin are two different names, very similar. <laughs> Let's get it straight here, <laughs> real with, fast." But with the but with the recent visitor in Mara's throne world that's well, brought I know that, that back into question again i know that kind of started too but there's like a couple of little the the the, the emissary um entry that we got with the awoken of the reef i think just about answers some of that or at least gives us a couple bits mm-hmm. of hints. Um, yeah. anyway i'm really getting off topic here that's almost. Okay. uh no we like should... long story short i if if we even like think back on something like how would the emissary start to figure it out as well or what she what would she do if uh she started to realize like who she was you know that it's not just um the 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 question as a whole is a a very destiny-esque uh thematic thing uh if you look at like what the awoken are going through right now if you look at what the guardians are going through right now with their past uh, you go through uh, the the nine and some of the members there. I mean, Zer, for God's sake, sits and questions who he is now and again. Right. Um, it is not a. It, it is a a heavy high theme of um, what we what we kind of all are, are about in Destiny. Uh, and when all is said and done, realistically, it is a question that every single person of humanity has to answer for themselves at one point. Uh, we are a very proud people. Uh, humans like to know their past. Uh, they like to know exactly where they came from. And overall, they really sort of like to dig into uh, what it is that creates them or why it is that we are. I mean, that's why we, we sit and we think about like the, the missing link and all that in terms of like where we came from as a as an evolutionary step or like where it was that we were uh, beforehand and etc. Uh, did we come from apes? Are we something like Adam and Eve? Uh, and these are the questions that uh, that kind of like stir in our head the entire time. So the short answer for a good majority of people that are out there, would you look into your past? Well, I'd hate to say it, but humanity on a whole does it every single day. Mm-hmm. I, I do think there's something to be said for some, the people who responded saying that to look forward and not to look back. I don't think that there I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. I don't think so either. That's blank across the board. I think it is a right or wrong answer for yourself. Yep. And so I just thought it was really interesting. I honestly saw I thought it was going to be a little bit more skewed than it was. I thought it was going to be like 97% to 3%. The fact that it was 6% actually made me kind of appreciate the diversity and how people are viewing that and understanding the the trouble that can come from looking into your past. 
But that being said, Blue, are we ready to get into the topic of the week? And yeah. Lore? We definitely are. And let me just make sure that we have everything that I had a note on. Um, I did want to give a quick uh announcement that the year three giveaway is still running uh by the time this comes out which will be money yeah it will still be running because we have six days as of the recording left um and those entries can be uh you can submit those entries from our website actually the landing page for focusfirechat.com it's on it's going to be on the sidebar i've put it right at the top of the sidebar uh so you just click that and it'll take you right there um, and it just, you know, a few things that nothing really big, uh, give some feedback or, you know, tell us your favorite episode <clears throat> and they'll enter you into the giveaway. Um, our year three shirts are still active as well. I'll put the links for those inside the show notes for this episode for anyone who wants to grab those. Uh, the plan will be to have those active until the giveaway closes. So that'll be six days for the shirts as well. Um, so yeah, that's really the only big special announcements that I have, uh, right now. Hopefully we might have a few in the next couple weeks. So definitely keep tuned into that. Uh, but yeah, so that's really all I had else other than the question that you guys, you guys had going on on Twitter today. But so let's just run through our standard intro notes and then we'll get right into it. In our last episode of Focus Fire Chat, we discussed Mara Sinna. If you ever miss an episode and would like to catch up, please be sure to check out FocusFireChat.com for archives, articles, and links to the other aspects of Focus Fire Chat. If you don't mind, please rate and, if you can, review the show on iTunes, Podbean, or whichever podcasting app you use to enjoy podcasts. Reviews are extremely helpful, as they not only let us know what we can do better, but help us stay up on the charts, which helps others find our amazing community. To those of you who have already taken the time to leave us a review, thank you. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering, where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Friday, at around 10pm Central, we get together to stream a high-level summary of the previous week's chat for those who were unable to participate. Please be sure to also give some support to the other podcasts in the Guardian Radio Network, links of which can be found on our website. If you're a fan of lore in all its various forms, be sure to also check out thelorenetwork.com, where you can find a wide variety of some amazing content that covers a number of different titles and mediums. Our next chat is going to be a discussion on the Wall of Wishes lore booklet. However, as always, please be sure to weigh in on the poll this weekend to let us know which topic you want to discuss after that. Links to that poll can be found on either Twitter, at FocusFireChat, or within our Discord server. With all that being said, here's Green with a high-level summary of tonight's topic. In case you can't tell, I ain't the best storyteller. I can be. Boy, howdy, can I rip a yarn. Don't believe me? Ask CC. Don't believe him? Ask Colonel. Those who have heard things you wouldn't believe. Just that this, what I'm doing here, the whole based on a true story thing, I could feel myself trying to talk around what I want to say. Fill it with the old poop and circumstance. I'm trying, though. Fighting my better angels to get what I need to say. And what I need to say starts with... 
The Man Called Cade is a book that gives us a sort of glimpse into the whimsy of Cade. Oh, sure, there are mentions of Andal and Shiro, Exos and the Vanguard Dare, Tanix and Honor, Ace and Cade's Queen, but that will all come in good time. And you didn't want to hear about that anyway, right? Oh, and by the way, his queen is not that queen. Before we jump into the information and thoughts the community had about the man they call Cade, however, let's have a quick chat about this week's Lost Lore. So really quick this week, um, I had mentioned this in our top three episode that we just recorded, but I wanted to kind of dive into a concept for the exos, especially called DER, which is the disassociative exomind rejection. Uh, this is a topic that we actually got access to or learned about uh, in Warmind, the, the mm-hmm. uh, DLC Warmind. And this was from the Concierge AI. We, we've talked about this off and on, um, but we've never we, talked we about an episode on, on, didn't we? Uh, the Concierge, yeah. We, I don't yeah. think we did an episode on DER, though. Right? No, no. Okay, no. okay. Not entirely, I was like, no. I was like was, oh, God. Like I mean, we could have, because Easily. honestly. Um, we could. We need to revisit exos. I think. Yes, and I will put them At on the poll. I will put Yay. them on the poll. But so actually, so, before before Blue gets into that, uh, mm-hmm. I gotta I gotta I gotta really address this in chat. Uh, if you guys are not familiar with the sister podcast of ours, oh the, yes, uh, Destiny Down Under uh, yes! podcast. Uh, these guys just came into the chat and they raided us because you know good day good day raids have to happen. Good day. So I did want to at least address them. Uh, it is Log Power Slave, uh, Real Time Sloth, and Mylan Games. It is uh, those three guys that are over there every single Friday doing their thing as well. Uh, it just kind of sucks because we almost overlap each other. Yeah, we do. <laughs> but uh, when all is said and done, I uh, just wanted to say thank you guys for coming over and uh, and raiding over here. Uh, and more so, and this is the reason I'm really calling it out, happy 100th episode yes that's a big freaking that's deal a, to be yeah. together for uh for a hundred uh episodes no matter what you're doing who you are that's a big deal so big congratulations to you guys well done indeed all right blue i'll, I'll let you talk now D-E-R. <laughs> go um so uh, I'm going to read real quick from the concierge AI that explains what DER is. So again, this is this is a concept called disassociative exomind rejection. It says early experiments in exoscience managed to encode the human consciousness into a form that could be processed digitally. At the time, we believed that that was the big hurdle to overcome in the creation of the exo. Little did we know that the real challenge would be the phenomenon known as disassociative exomind rejection. Nascent proto-exos developed the serious symptoms of cognitive disorder that eventually led to death. It turned out that the human mind would not reconcile its presence in a new body. It took multiple iterations in design, but the Clovisberry Corporation eventually developed several solutions. The first is to reboot the mind once it has been transferred, allowing it to awaken in its new shell as though it were being born. This has side effects of memory loss and fragmentation, but it is highly effective in the prevention of DER. The reboot process can be repeated multiple times to further the odds of survival. 
It is not currently known how many times a human consciousness can be rebooted, but scientists estimate it to be around 20. The second preventative measure to DER is to program certain humanisms within exos. As machines, they do not have the physical needs to eat or reproduce like real humans, but artificially injecting that drive has been clinically proven to reduce the odds of DER. Further experimentation is required to perfect the exo project, but you can blah, 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 blah. Um, so really what this is talking about is a, a, a psychological phenomenon that is akin to really a disconnection of, uh, of a sense of identity. Uh, and this is actually stemming from the actual, the actual clinical term of dissociation, which is a mental process that basically you see an individual disconnect, literally disconnect from their own thoughts, feelings, memories, or even, even and in some severe cases, the sense of identity. You will sometimes see this in disassociative identity disorder, uh, which is what a lot of people think of when you start saying multiple personalities. That's actually DID. Um, mm-hmm. And that is an actual disease, uh, or not disease, sorry, that is an actual affliction of the mind in which there usually it's some uh, some very strong trauma has happened that forces basically the psyche to to uh, fragment in order to protect itself. Um, and so what what's happening really here is that the disassociative exo mind rejection is the human brain is a is a feat of biological evolution. Um, it is one of the most advanced things, and and this can be said for a lot of the higher higher cognitive higher cognitively functioning animals of any kind. So you your apes, your dolphins, uh, even some level of canines. You know there there are varying degrees, but a brain is a very very amazing holistic machine. And the thing is, is in today's world we don't really understand how it works. But the uh, in in this science fiction world, which you know we kind of talked about Asimov also in the top three, it kind of takes a concept that Asimov was kind of the the person who coined the phrase of the positronic brain. Um, they are able to digitize the human brain. So we're gonna we're just gonna assume on good faith that 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 feat has been achieved, and they even call it out that this is that they thought that was gonna be the biggest problem. Um, but the real challenge actually comes into the psychology of this, because what they're doing is they're taking the actual person, the actual consciousness, and they're they're implanting this individual into a synthetic body, and what happens is the brain just it. it it instinctively rebels against this because the brain understands that it's not in its body. It, it actually can to a degree understand that it's not even in its own brain anymore. And so one of the ways that they found that they kind of said is they said, okay, well in that case, we're going to trick it, you know, air quotes here, trick the brain into thinking that no, that never had a body. Uh, this is its only body. And that is where you get the reboot. So every time you, we talk about exos and their numbers, so, you know, Cade 6, uh, Banshee 44, uh, you know, um, I'm trying to think, Taco 3, all these, all these exos have these numbers after them. Those numbers are the number of times that they have been rebooted. Now, we also will see a bit of crossover into the Deep Stone Crypt subroutine. That subroutine does seem to be very, uh, very influ- in, very influential in, if not the catalyst for the reboots. But 
the point of the reboot is actually explained because it is meant to prevent der which is basically psychological suicide um and another option that they have is to program what's known as humanism so they anthropomorphize these robots because exos don't need food they don't need uh to reproduce they don't need to you know pass material through their their systems that's not a requirement for a robot but what happens is you have put a human brain a mortal brain a uh, an animal brain inside a robot that brain doesn't understand that those symptoms which for us in our in our physical or a, uh, our flesh bodies our flesh and bone bodies those are very important you know technically you could probably argue that exos probably don't need to breathe because they're robots they have no need for oxygen but a human brain think about that for a second your brain is so aware of everything that's going on in your body that it breathes without you even registering it you actually have to tell your brain to stop breathing for it to do that and you have to consciously make sure like if you're going to hold your breath you know if you're underwater this is where a lot you know kind of talking about uh swimming competitively or diving if you are underwater for extended period of times you have to train your brain to understand that it is okay to go a certain amount of time without oxygen there is a there is a threshold there for the biological purpose because your brain will start damaging itself with lack of oxygen but your brain actually that that happens it's like blinking you do all this stuff without thinking about it and when they take a human shell or human brain and put it in an exo shell those things don't happen and that is something that the brain picks up on and it starts kind of thinking about it and it start and it like there's this just this tension that starts happening the reason why i wanted to bring this up is like like we had said at the beginning der is very important for exos but you actually see the effect from a a it's not optimistic but Cade's way of taking up the der is a very interesting one um, mm-hmm. And we're we're gonna get into we're gonna get into this when we start talking about the entries because he actually quotes a author uh, Fyodor Dostoevsky, um, and the, it will be later. And I'm gonna well I'll try to I'll try to remember to call this out and I'll do my best. But the one point that I wanted to say here is especially at the end of the collection, we see Cade a hundred percent honestly call out the fact that his memories of Ace and his queen are most likely, even to his awareness, just fabricated memories. He is 100% aware that these are lies that have been programmed into him, into his brain, by whoever created him as an exo. However... Somebody better pick up that phone. Yeah. However, he takes (laughs) those memories, he takes those memories, and he argues those memories are what allows him to be the man that he is. He knows that those memories are false, but he chooses actively to not view them as false. He chooses to make them real in his world in order to allow him to become a better person. In other words, it's through the acceptance of these memories as real, disregarding. He completely disregards the argument of if they're true or not, ignores that problem. He just 100% takes them as real. 
And that allows him to pull himself into a more elevated sense of awareness of what is right and wrong. And so in this fashion, he actually disproves the quote that he'll he'll mention in these later entries. And he points out the fact that if a lie is told to yourself, it not only it, it not only doesn't make you a bad person, it actually enables one to love and respect people more fully. It allows you to become a better person if you take up lies that are told to you as truth but take them up in a certain particular way. Uh, you'll see a lot of mentions here and, and here and within other quotes from Cade in earlier iterations of the game about Ace and how he makes sure that he is a good person because he wants to be someone that Ace looks up to. In this lore booklet, we see his recognition that Ace is, a, is probably a false memory. He doesn't think that Ace is probably even real. But... Through his entire life as Cade Six, he has decided that Ace, to him, is the catalyst that will goad him into becoming a better person than mm-hmm. he could have been without that catalyst. And he mm-hmm. uses he uses Ace and he uses his queen as figures of mental uh, strength and a bastion against which all the all the terrible things that he has to go through as a guardian, as a vanguard mentor, um, as friends to other guardians. Uh, we'll talk about that as well. But he uses them as a, a, a suit of armor, basically, to keep his optimism, to keep his positivity, to keep his his honor and his his truthfulness to the other guardians that he interacts with true. He uses them to actually protect that fragment of the goodness of his of his personality and to help grow. And he even calls out that he doesn't want to make he doesn't want to be reborn. He doesn't mm-hmm. want a cage seven. And but he also recognizes that that might not be in his choice. That might not be in his power. And so he goes also to say, if you are the seventh Cade and you are reading these things and you are seeing this. It is up. It is your job to be a better person. It is your job to continue the path of becoming better, and that is like and and so in a way, Cade rejects his past, but in the same way he also takes it up in a in a certain light in order to make a better future for himself. And I think that's really what my my I'm going to close on for the lost lore piece. I'm going to let Green uh, take take over for the introduction real quick of Cade and then we're going to definitely dive into the entries but I I just wanted to kind of point out and like I said we're going to be putting the exos back on the poll um, to kind of dive into the DER just a bit more I do like how when when you find out exactly how he views Ace and his queen it the card's name is Bluff which is interesting to me, but introduction of Cade. So Cade's introduction really doesn't need too much of an introduction. He is the Vanguard or was the Vanguard hunter mentor. He is kind of a scoundrel. He has gallows humor. His calling on the Vanguard is kind of, at least as far as we are concerned, he is kind of the, the rogue who will go off and do things just because he can get it done in his way, not necessarily in the way that 
Icor and Zavala want him to. He his last location that we know of was in the prison of elders where he was killed by Aldrin. Prior to that, he got stuck in a time loop on Nessus with failsafe, kind of teasing him and jabbing at him a little bit during all of that. He has had a fire team that we know about. And because of these cards, he was, he used to run with Shiro and uh, Andalbrask quite good buddies with those two gotten a lot of trouble with them as well when do we know exactly how old kate is because i don't think i ever really found anything definitive of that older than 127 yeah i mean yeah that card where he's querying the Mm -hmm. tower computers but yeah i I do not know if there is anything that states specifically how old he is. Uh, I want to... We we can at least kind of figure that he came uh, after the city was, um, was formed and founded. Uh, but again, with not really having much of a timeline, there really isn't anything to peg that on. Mm-hmm. Um, all we know for the the most part, which I think it's really said here, in um, within these entries, yeah, it's he is younger than a fair amount of battles that happened within the city, and I think that's uh, kind of fair to say he was around. He was around at least for Twilight Gap. Uh, the comic at least pegs him there. That seems to line up pretty well. Um, because he mentions, I think it's Six Fronts, uh, that he misses that battle for a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, but yeah. Yep. There's no real why with Cade. No. There's no... I, there's... I, yeah. I would, I would probably, if I had to take guess, like a, a little over 400 years... Uh, only because at that point we know how long it's been since um, since Saladin had used the uh, the gondola going up to the Iron mm. Temple, mm-hmm. and that was like one of the the last times that he might have been down in the city. Uh, but that's a speculative thought at best, of course. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I can kind of figure. I I want to put him at like three hundred, four hundred years old. But that's definitely speculative. Right. Other things of note that Cade has teased on multiple times, and mm. he's teased about the Deepstone Crypt in both the Treasure Island book and as well as in Ace in the Hole, the mission. Um, or at least I'm saying he's he's teasing about Deepstone Crypt, or he talks about it at explicitly in that mission. And then he mm. teases a little bit with the Petrovinge thing, I think. Right. Um, for those people who may not know what that is, if you go and listen to that mission or look up the transcript from that mission, his message to Petra at the very end, any pretty much any time in the lore where you see is it Paladin Oran or who is it? Who's the code? The code to activate? Uh, it's it's uh, it's to Oran if I uh, if I remember right. Yes, and. 
if you take the first letter of each of those words after that, mm-hmm. it will give you a secret message. Yeah, Paladin Oren has uh, has worked pretty closely to uh, to Petra. I think ever since he opened up a little bit more that she was uh, onto something mm-hmm. with um, with both the uh, both. Mara and at least Aldrin back mm-hmm. and alive and so on. After Aldrin came back, that was that was it. Like that was where everybody started figuring that she actually had a head on her shoulders and she wasn't speaking nonsense. But Orin has been very uh instrumental in helping uh with getting code back and forth and doing a lot of scouting. Yes. Uh, two notable points where you can see that. You can see that at in that part of the mission. You can also go to the Telesto card, and it is very apparent now. Though it didn't used to be. No one understood what in the world was going on with Telesto. Yeah, because uh, it actually read right to, like, a an actual message, and I mm-hmm. just figured it needed to be deciphered a little differently. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you read it that way, and it's just like, oh. Yeah. So this message did read bold great yeah and there's a couple <laughs> of others actually there's a few that talk about um more confirmation about the Aldrin story beyond just the fact that Aldrin is being a jerk yeah because her chain said it here too uh it's it's um telescope code mm-hmm. um but yeah there's a there's a couple different uh turns of phrases that you can kind of run with that i i like the telescope code one though that's but if we're breaking into the book itself, um, all the titles of the cards in this book are poker related. Mm-hmm. So the very first card in the book is called Deal. So what's the first thing you do? You deal. And Cade talks about in this book, kind of, it's an introduction. And a lot of these books tend to have this. Cade has such a way of speaking that is both hilarious because it doesn't make any sense. But at the same time, you kind of get what he's talking about. Some, I don't know. Is there anything that you felt like in this first card that was really all that? Uh, Basically this was the, just like he kind of what you were saying in the summary it's kind of mm-hmm. him being like, look, I know I'm usually joking, uh, but it's kind of him kind of almost psyching himself up and then mm-hmm. like ignoring or acknowledging that he doesn't do that. This isn't easy for him. No. Like he, He's oh, not no. he's not used to kind of pulling back the curtain, letting people in to see what's going on within his within his his personal uh, mind. Um, and you he also, also kind of. Sp- spins tales like that's that's his way of speaking as he tells tall tales to people yeah and he also acknowledges that this is kind of um (laughs) this is kind of being done at the encouragement of by or by the encouragement of ikora uh Mm -hmm. he's kind of like you know uh he's trying to uh learn from these quote hypothetical (laughs) slip-ups Which I oh, love. Yeah. I love how he's like, oh yeah, yeah. I supposedly make mistakes, 
And here's the thing about mistakes. You learn from them. Yeah. Again, this is assuming the theoretical concept of me having made some mistakes. I don't know why he turned Brooklyn all of a sudden in my mind, but he did. So yeah, maybe that's what I'm doing. Trying to learn from these very hypothetical slip ups, turning inward, they call it. They being Ikora. Eris calls it something different. Eris calls a lot of things something different. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, he went Brooklyn in my mind, or I went Brooklyn in my mind, and I couldn't get out of it. But uh, not even a very good Brooklyn. But yeah. I also Kate, like how he like refers to humanity as squishy nonsense. Yes. He has such like edgy, fudgy edges. Mm-hmm. Like he has very weird. He likes his edges fudgy, and I love some wiggle room. <laughs> right. Loves me some wiggle room. Yeah, he's got some really great lines, but there's some weird, weird ways that he phrases it. But the the ending of this? Mm-hmm. You here's can tell the deal. Him, yeah, you can tell that he's reining him. He's, he's preparing himself. He's right, going to do his best to be honest. To be entirely fair i had a funny moment when i first read this card because and this is my story i heard the law and order dum dum <laughs> afterwards this is their when story I first read. yeah that's what it was my brain automatically filled in the law and order chime thing and it's like what yeah going crazy that's what that's it is amazing when you do the recording, that's what you're going to have to put in there now. I had a uh, really, okay. and this is my story. Dun, dun. Yeah. Oh man. No. Yeah. This, this was really, I mean, yeah, the summary of this one is really, it's just meant to kind of, kind introduce. of show like introduce and kind of show what's going on. Um, you had mentioned the name of the card is deal. It's the first process of any card game really uh it's just meaning it's a term that means to distribute cards to players in accordance with the rules of whichever game being played uh interestingly enough the term in poker can also mean a single instance of a game of poker so you play one deal uh and you begin by shuffling the cards and ending with the award of the pot uh this is synonymous with the word hand so you know it's either a deal or a hand in certain parlance but uh, the next card, I guess, if we're done with that one, is actually where we kind of... Oh, uh, oh, oh, sorry. Go for it, Beard. That's okay. Um, I just found it funny, more of like a drawing a parallel thing. We just got done reading uh, or going over the Mara Senna in two episodes. <laughs> Still trying to get over that one. Um, how does the Queen start out with uh, with that book? She says that, like, don't read too deep in everything. Like, I'm not trying to hold much back yes there's a call out in this one too for that and here's Cade saying guess what i'm saying is i'm sick of maybes and if i'm straight uh straight shooter and i'm nothing if not then i gotta shoot straight even where there ain't a gun in my hand so it just feels like he's trying to do the same thing that mara was doing as well which i don't know what kind of correlation there is with that yet uh, unless that's what they're just really trying to like get out in the open for us as lore nuts to say, hey, stop reading so far into things. Like, yeah, just to, you know, start. I mean, start just reading it. There's a direct line in here that is another call out to tell us to stop being so nitpicky with it. So right. read between the lines if you have to, but at the end of the day, everything that matters should be readily apparent. If yep. not, you're not paying attention. Right. 
writers are poking at us a little bit, and that's fine with me. Yep. But some to... cases, some people need that nitpick anyway. Oh yeah, that's actually in this next card. That yep. nitpick call. Summary of being an exo, though, with call. Blue, do you want to do an introduction of this guy? Yeah, so this is uh, call is basically the one of the first steps in playing a game of and so kind of just take a step back uh, really quick. Uh, the layout of these entire cards kind of leans the thought process to it being a no limit Texas Hold'em game. Um, Almost. There's a few things that are added that are a little weird. Well, but they do fall in line with no limit Hold'ems. Um, the, the diff, the major, well, show, but showdown, yeah, showdown happens in Texas. Hold them. Um, the, uh, no limit really is, uh, indication of the bet and the raise, uh, with no limits. Obviously they may bet uh, players can bet or raise any amount over the minimum, uh, up to the maximum of chips that that person has, which is called an all in bet. Uh, and so there's a few little rules there that we can get into later if we need to, uh, but kind of, that's kind of the general feel for the card entries. So there's a few little nuanced differences on some of these terms that I'll try to remember to call out. Um, but call is, like I said, call is kind of, so you have a deal, you've been dealt your cards, uh, and then you have a call and that's kind of the first round of events. Uh, and in call, we kind of see Cade starting, and this is really where he kind of has his, he speaks of his memories of his initial resurrection with Sundance. Uh, we also saw that with uh, Shiro Four's ghost and ghost, the ghost stories lore booklet. We kind of talked about that. Um, but he also kind of, kind of gives a summary of what it's like to be an exo. Uh, from his perspective and he kind of you know he says you know exos are haunted uh it kind of set in he's like it sounds ominous but it's a bit of a stretch but it's the best word and he goes on to say guardians have all got past lives but unless you returned with any definitive info on your person or in proximity i'm looking at you bray that past life or lives was or were wiped clean gone reborn in the light and all you become what you become exos we got ghosts in our machines, not capital G open doors and no things ghost. I mean, like fragments of, I don't know, pieces of something that could be memory, whatever it is, it's enough to give us a starting point to maybe possibly imagine who we were before we became who we are. And then there's the dreams. And he's, he goes on to say he's not going to, he, yeah. And uh, he mentions the dreams in the treasure Island book uh, from taking King. And, then he also kind of also calls out another little tidbit that we have uh, seen from previous iterations where he mentions that he doesn't just have flashes of the old exo life. Uh, we know that Cade left journals, uh, the early iterations of Cade left journals for the later iterations of Cade to kind of pick up and to kind of be provide a uh, he calls it a baseline of who he was and who he wants to be kind of, uh, and he even acknowledges that, you know, he has shared a few pages, but only a few and only with very, very specific individuals. Um, and you know, that's kind of where he kind of acknowledges that they're personal and he doesn't, he doesn't do that willingly. He keeps things very close to the chest as far as personal things go. Um, but yeah, and then, yeah, then there's kind of his, his iteration of uh 
the resurrection, which Shiro's ghost's iteration is really funny as well. But it's it's a uh, he runs, <laughs> which is really funny. I, I love it. Love it. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's really kind of for me, the big the big things to see in this one. I don't know if you guys had anything else. <coughs> Not this time. Mm-mm. I mean, the fact that they he calls the capital G ghost and stuff like that is kind of cute in this card. Mm-hmm. But he talks about kind of the definition of being a hero and team player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is he, I love his definition. I like his his um, focus on honor that comes up later. Yes, it, honor and keeping your word. Yeah. Yes. But it, it does tie into this. He he says that he might dance to his own tune, but we're all at the same hoedown. Mm-hmm. Um, weird, mm. weird colloquialisms. Mm-hmm. Or, and then, or something like that. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> so the next one, the first stake. Is the first stake in poker your Annie up, essentially? Uh, yeah, so stake is basically the amount that you see, uh, you can call it a buy-in. Um, so you have, a, it's stake is what you, the amount that you buy in and can bet. And then staking is a term that allows one person to put up cash for a poker player to play. Uh, so actually you can back another person. Um, and though, and I, this is kind of just a little another texas hold'em iteration but a backed player is also known as a horse uh so this is also where if you're playing with other people you can actually buy someone else you can back someone else so the first stake is just the iterate the first iteration of betting really um and i then, thought it's because we were invaded by horse people yes that too um but there's uh three iterations of stakes in in a standard game now you can like you can also you know obviously house rules yeah house rules will obviously trump this this is just basic basic rules beard do you want to talk about this card yeah this is more where kate is thinking more on um like how how he didn't want to turn into seven how this is kind of like Mm -hmm. where he wanted things to uh sort of end for him um the the biggest thing too i i really do like the ending line here so whatever hand i was dealt uh when the bet was placed and it was time to call no matter what i had an ace and a queen up my sleeve meaning i couldn't lose meaning the better man would always win um he was even with the way that he was like uh thinking about the people that he was with and so on um kind of tying back to the piece on like honor and everything like that that was a driving force in like who he was but we can also see of course that he was also uh largely turned from uh any kind of like do wrong or anything like that because of having ace and queen in his mind uh whoever they might actually be for him at this point um yeah i I don't know. For me, this one just felt like it was a little bit more, unless there's something I'm absolutely forgetting. We're getting uh, a little bit more we, straightforward. We get a uh, an idea of how old Kate is from this too. Mm-hmm. Well, I gotta say we kind of we kind of said that a little bit. Before, yeah, but yeah. 
this is the card where it talks about it. He said he saw the edges of or the edge of those dark ages. Mm-hmm. He saw the city grow and fall and grow again stronger. So he he's been around for a while. But this is where we kind of get those ideas of how old he very very well could be. Not numbers because Bungie doesn't like those, but unless it's the number 7. Yeah, or 9 at this point. But beyond that, are you are you sure it's nine and not five? Oh my god! I know I won't start. <sighs> I have a story to tell you about that one after the show. <laughs> so, fold is the card that happens next, and to, in poker, it's a pretty common term to fold. You do it in any form of poker. Folding means you are withdrawing from the bout or withdrawing from the match. You are folding your hand. You're not, you're giving up the money that you would put into the pot to the pot and just, you're done. And fold is the introduction of Cade talking about Andal Brask in this book, which we all love Andal. I miss Andal. He misses Andal. He talks about how Andal is kind of the old hero before the Black Gardens and Hive Guards and Cabal shape messed. He was kind of the van- he was the hunter vanguard. He was his friend, a brother even, and apparently they used to run together. And they got roped into a fire team and caused a lot of problems. It seems. <laughs> um, also Andal like, Shiro. <laughs> And Cade. And Cade. The trifecta of trouble. We Which also is... see, I think, out of here that Shiro's a little older than Cade is, if I recall right. But he Yeah, if not if not around the same. Like we always yeah. I always got the idea that Shiro is actually younger than Cade because he was kind of a mentor, yeah. but it actually seems like they aren't. They're kind of all equals. No. Or at least those three are equals. Mm-hmm. It seems like all three of them were about the same time, which probably is why they got close to each other the way that they did, um, or at least possibly. But for this card, too, I wanted to point out, it was uh, it's, it's funny how in the last card we just got done reading, and I'll go back and read it and why I wanted to highlight it. Um, so whatever hand I was dealt, uh, this is from First Stake, uh, so whatever hand I was dealt, when the bet was placed and it was time to call, no matter what, I had an ace and a queen up my sleeve, meaning I couldn't lose, meaning the better man could always win. And then we immediately go into a card called Fold. Mm-hmm. And it's like no matter what Cade can think of, even with that ace and that queen up his sleeve, he has to fold when it comes down to Andal, uh, or or comes down to like thinking about Andal and his thoughts for him. Uh, like that is the this is the one guy that will make him uh, basically just break down and with him being gone, not be able to act in the way that he otherwise deems fit. Uh, and we sort of see that with um, his with, vengeance pact that he goes after. <laughs> right. And and additionally, we see that with um another card with most loyal, because as soon as Varix brings up uh andal Cade goes off the chain he oh, is tanix, done tanix he, yeah tanix or tanix sorry yeah he 
he just absolutely goes off on uh on Varix. Like there is no holds barred. He doesn't care what's gonna happen to him and he's looking at him like, You take that back, you have no idea what you're talking about. He's ready to just cut and run at that point. Which for people who did not play D one, Tanix is or did not read lore in D one, Tanix was the fallen that killed Andalbrask. And the fallen that Cade has had it out for for years. We and end not up just killing Cade. Him. I mean, Tanix yeah, is Tanix. Tanix has a very very prominent target on his back. Not just from well, Guardians either. Yeah, because no. he's houseless. Mm-hmm. He's but, the shadow thief. Mm-hmm. But Tanix was the one who basically took Andal away from Cade in some respects, because Andal was kind of Cade's anchor is the way I read through a lot of this. Like, Shiro's there too, but... Mm. Andal, I think, was... I think I take it as... I mean, yeah, I think Andal was another... Um, another touchstone for Cade to encourage him to become a better person. Yeah. Like, absolutely. even even as all the trouble that they got into, and, you know, and that, like, you know, the, the, the stereotypical hunter, you know, I do what I want and all this stuff... Like Andal was always like, and I think he, I think he calls this out later, but Andal always had a, a bigger picture in mind. Like Andal was always the one that was, right. he, he, he was always had, yeah, he, he kind of had a, a bigger plan and Cade and Shiro were always kind of the, you know, immediate focus, what's going on right in front of them. And, you know, kind of not, not flaky, but kind of, you know, just like those sparks that, and Andal was that slow burn. And so Andal was the one, he volunteered to go to the Vanguard. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, he, they made a bet. They made a bet and Andal lost. And even Cade acknowledges that the bet was made in kind of less than, less than honest circumstances. Right. But the bet was made. And so you had to hold it like, and I think that's, um, is that the next, is that flop? Yep. I think yeah. so. So flop is, um, where we kind of start kind of seeing the, the, the description of this, this infamous, infamous Vanguard dare that Kate and Andal kind of get into. Um, and flop is a term just real quick ta- It's a term in poker that basically means to discard one hand for, or sorry, that's fold. Flop nope. is the uh, the dealing of the first three face-up cards to the board. In uh, Texas Hold'em. Yeah, in Texas Hold'em. Uh, so what you'll you normally see in the card game, uh, up until this point, you only have the two cards that are your hole or your pocket cards. Those are individual cards. Um, and then that will lead to what's known also as the pre-flop betting round. That's where you see the call and the fold, the initial fold. Uh, where you start seeing the 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 bluffing starting, um, and then the flop is where basically the river is given. Uh, these are three face up community cards, uh, and so this is where you get three cards that everyone can play. So now you have five cards basically. Um, but flop is where you kind of get an introduction of Cade's kind of rocky relationship with the Vanguard and not just Cades actually Andal and Shiro also kind of they were not really on great terms with the Van they weren't on bad terms but they weren't necessarily on good terms um 
But he also calls out Andal as being, you know, the more diplomatic of the group uh, and how like they were constantly trying to like get the Vanguard to let them do their own things that they wanted, uh, not necessarily because it was just in their interest, but because they wanted to do it a little bit different way than the Vanguard wanted to. Um, and also interesting little factoid is that when Andal did join the Vanguard, they used him as an in, inside man, which is hilarious to me that Shiro and Cade would get intel <laughs> from Andal and then go steal all the, the skim off all the stuff they wanted and then let the rest of the city kind of mm-hmm. take out theirs. God, they... Like it just, it just cracks just me up. It, it just cracks me up. Like, it's just, it's just the Ponzi scheme. Oh my gosh. It's so great. It's just like, they're like, even though Andal, yeah, he, I think he said, yeah, he says Andal joining the Vanguard was a gift in some ways, a bummer in others. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this is where, <coughs> sorry, uh, we also get a, um, Oh, no, that's that's later that we get an update on why they had the bit, how why the dare was even an issue. Um, he said he uh, he goes on to say, more importantly, he made a deal. He given his word to me and to himself when he took the dare. I won. He lost. So he left the road, joined the big wigs up in the vanguard. And he reminded me of a lesson I've always known, but every now and then would forget. You give your word, you keep it. But the longer Andal was up in that tower, caged, my word, never his, the more he saw things the Vanguard way. Looking back, he was only ever doing the right thing, seeing him change and in truth grow as a guardian and a person. I never admitted this, but I thought less of him, my best friend, my closest ally, all because he stuck to his word, accepted the dare, and even when he came up on the bad end, he never wavered from doing exactly what he said he'd do. And so it's like, and he goes on, he's like, I thought he was a sucker. Turns out the only sucker was me. Um, but yeah, and so like right now, this is still kind of a big summary uh, introduction. Not a lot of, not a lot of strong details here. Uh, do you guys have anything really on that one before we go to no. the rays? I think raise is where we start getting some of the things we can. Yeah, we start really getting some good details. Because mm-hmm. um, real... raise is technically where I pulled most of the summary from, by the oh, way. Yeah. Well, and I was going to let you kind of talk about the details because this is also where you get a really strong presentation of the sense of honor. Um, mm. But real quick, raise in poker, obviously, uh, it's where you either will have a second round of betting um, you kind of see, you know, you call, you raise, uh, you, you know, whatever, keep, stay in, or you fold. Like this is just basically the second post flop round of betting. Um, but yeah, so this is also, like I mentioned, this is also where we kind of get a little started more detail on what's going on between Kate and Andal, especially. Mm-hmm. So here's my first question for you about this card before I actually go in to talk about it too much. Who is CC? Um, so CC is a name. So to short answer is we don't know. 
Uh, longer answer is it, I believe this is in reference to CC Lagrange, who is the author that is quoted inside the lawless frontier lore booklet. Um, CC, he's an author who in the destiny universe wrote a, a kind of like a traveler's guide, I guess would be the best way to say it about the tangled shore. Um, and he kind of just, he has a lot of little snippets that you see within the lawless frontier. Um, there's a few other quotes floating around from him. Uh, but apparently he was a contemporary of Cade, a really close friend of, or not close friend, but a friend of Cade's. Uh, so I, I, I don't want to say he is a guardian, but I'm not a hundred percent sure that we got that confirmed anywhere. That's just me basically kind of assuming. Um, but I was yeah. trying to rack my brain if we had anybody that would even have a name that fits that because we no, have not not that I've been CB, able to what's really CC. yeah what's really funny is his name is CC Lagrange well the only other mention of Lagrange currently that I may that I've been able to find is actually from the Maracena mm-hmm. and that's a reference to the Lagrange point which is a um, astronomical term for a uh, satellite's orbit, I believe, is what it is off the top of my head. I think it's the point of which a satellite can stay in stationary orbit around a planetoid to to stay in, rel- in relation to the ground. I want to say Lagrange. Yeah, I was going to say Beard might know this one better. The Lagrange point. Yeah, Lagrange point. That's that's pretty well close to it. Uh, it's the the angle at which uh it is furthest from but can still hang within orbit okay uh, okay so yeah it is, is the gravitational kind of the, flow or gravitational pull e, is still present and it's it's also the middle point between two objects if memory serves as well okay like technically the the lagrange point for like between um say earth and uh the sun would be different than the one between Earth and Mars, if memory serves. Okay. Uh, but but yeah. just to kind of give you an idea on that one, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, but that's, for, who, that's for what who it CC has to do is. with, like, CC and everything. Yeah, I have, like, I'm I trying to, no like, I... put... Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. And, and again, it's like, you know, it goes back to the, the question of how do Guardians get their names? Like, you know, like, if CC... And this is going to kind of go on a little bit tangent but if cc is a guardian which again we i'm not 100 percent sure that he is or she is um you know did they choose that name uh and if so you know there's there's some implications there you know there's just a lot of different iterations that right now we don't have a lot of answers on the identity of cc uh other than we do know that they are an author that they have explored areas of the universe or the solar system to the point that they feel comfortable about writing to others about their advice on things. Um, and again, that's kind of where I'm kind of in, inferring that they're a guardian. They kind of seem like a hunter. Um, but there's, there's no there to be clear. There's nothing that I've seen that has confirmed that. I'm going to say the, the other thing is that he seems very interested in the tangled shore. Oh yes, Which, right. Uh, trigger, trigger, he, just uh, yeah. Trigger did mm-hmm. make a comment. Uh, we do know it's a he, and I yeah. guess they translated Elixney. Um, uh, yes, they are. They are largely in 
in reason for the ones that translated. I can't remember what the freaking book is, but the, it's a good uh, majority Lawless of Frontier. the Lawless Frontier. Yeah, it's uh, it's a good majority of that. Like entire book is like quotes from Lagrange. Like it's ridiculous. This card also is the introduction that we have in the book to Tanex. Mm-hmm. Or at least Cade talking about the introduction to Tanex. And he mentions the dare. He mentions my dare, our dare, the hunter's dare. And then talks about Tanex and the fallen and how they would go off off on their own to stay away from just like the regular radars and do the bounties they would collect glimmer and still well they got they had bounties put on them the the trio yeah shiro andal and Cade. uh it's about halfway down he says back in the day me oh shiro, the fallen houses put out bounties yeah, on them the, that's what they, yeah they got yeah they got on radars the i thought you were sh- saying the vanguard did i was like no uh, no so basically uh he explains tan and it also explains why tanix is such a giant thorn in everyone's side uh mm-hmm. long story short he won't stay dead like it's ridiculous and i think that's one of the one of the problems with tanix in general is like they have confirmed kills of tanix and then he comes back and they don't know why they don't know how Tanix um, is the first scorn. No, oh I'm my kidding. god, no, he's not. But Jesus, no, I know, do not give just... people ideas. Um, so yeah, like they and and also Tanix is. <clears throat> there's a reason that he's called the Shadow Thief. Uh, Tanix is really good at staying off the radar. He's very good at it. Uh, and so you know, at first it was just uh, uh, I think he calls him the Fallen Boogeyman. And, you know, he's like, ha, 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 yeah, right. Until, yeah, right was standing right in front of us. First impression, he was a big boy. Bad attitude. <laughs> and then and then this is also where you kind of, he, like, he's got the ad, he's got this snark, and then it's all of a sudden slammed back into reality because you realize what Tanix is doing. He had just killed one of their friends. And he also destroyed... um uh what lush i think yeah lush lost his ghost yeah so uh this is the death of nian ruo uh who was a i believe or no shiro was the mentor for lush i don't know who nian was kind of going with but she was in rtl which is return to light which is full full death um and then lush got his ghost destroyed which basically meant that they cut Lush out of the crew because they didn't want to be responsible for his death, uh, which will, <clears throat> sorry, which will come up, uh, I believe, in the next or the following, the either the right the immediately the next card or the following card. Yeah, one of the next couple. Which at this point, I don't know if you want to go over too much else and raise. Before we move on to the next thing, chat, hurt chain. I'm back, Tanix, probably. Yeah. <laughs> okay, hurt, uh, hurt chain's uh, saying that uh, apparently Tanix actually did steal a hive ritual from the Hellmouth. Uh, there was a transmission that he sent to Skolas, who used it 
against us in the prison. Okay. Thanks, Hurt Chain. That was that's probably the good explanation of why he can't keep keep him down. You can't you can't keep a you can't keep a shadow thief down. Uh, I was gonna say, don't say good fallen because he ain't that. He's not that. <laughs> he just keeps raising. Um. So that will bring us really to turn, which is the basically when you get the fourth of the five cards that are community cards. Uh, so basically, you have one face up. Uh, so you basically have four now on the community card board. Uh, instead right. of three. The, the flop mm-hmm. turns over three cards face up. The turn is the fourth one. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. do another round of betting after the turn. Like there's a round of betting after the flop and a round of betting after the turn. And then we'll get to the river mm-hmm. here in a little bit. But yay, poker. But the turn. We could hunt real we could track real we could end real that things that they talk about the way that this card is written just kind of bugs me a little bit because i'm like ah boogeyman was real yes and this card is tanix tanix didn't announce himself didn't say a word just laughed a few times and tried like hell to kill us all (laughs) but we knew it was him the stories match the story, you know. I mean, Tanix is apparently the boogeyman to these three. Which is funny because Tanix was not that difficult in D1. Well, after we had trained and whatnot, and also found different powers. Well, and we were also sure. we were also being mentored by Cade, mm-hmm. who had yeah. put down Tanix at least two times himself. Right. Yeah. So there's that, too. There's also another character that kind of shows up here. Lush. Lush wanted to join up. A little payback for his little light, but we nixed that. Like, they just shut him down. Like, nope, you can't come. Sorry, kid. Yeah, they were like, no way. You. Well, I mean, yeah, they... they, Yeah, no ghost. It'd be his final death. Yeah, same reasoning. I think it's why we also don't see a lot of... uh, a lot of work from Eris so much anymore either. I hope we get her. Like, I hope she comes back at some point. Or I, I guess I should state, this is why we didn't see a lot of work from Eris outside mm. of the tower all that often. Mm-hmm. But uh, we all know better now. <laughs> so, the story with Lush, though, the favorite one about the Rat King, how Lush <laughs> joins up with a folk tale and together they fight the wars we just don't, or we don't see. It's just a Please fantasy. No. Please oh no. God. Why why are why are we going into Lysander territory? I don't like this. Let's it's, stop. Why not? What's wrong with Lysander Beard? Look you. No, stop it. Beard. He put he but put beard. a sparrow underneath FWC's spot I know. in the tower. Isn't that no, such a coincidence? No, you stop it. <laughs> you knock it off. But Beard... Had, had enough of your bull already tonight, Green. <laughs> but what about the Concordat? No, uh-uh, uh-uh. We're not getting into this, like, ever again. Because they're dead anyway, right? No. Nope. That's, that's how this works? <laughs> yeah. 
They're never coming back. Like they're, <laughs> they're never they're coming done. back. They're like Tanix. They're dead. Uh, <laughs> Bungie writers, if you're listening, that is a challenge to work them back in so we can watch Beard's head explode, please. Yes, and thank I you. I don't. I don't want it. I, I don't want it. I do. I do. Nobody wants it. No. I do. Don't listen. Don't listen to Green. Nobody wants this. This uh, should happen. This also does mm. give us a bit more iteration on the uh, legacy of the Hunter Vanguard, too, <laughs> with yeah. with Swift River. They, they just he's been missing for two years and they're finally like, OK, he's dead. Like, he's just dead. Like, right. We don't we don't know where he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally being declared dead after two years, MIA and his dare nowhere to be found. So. Is this. Kind this of a confirmation all- that the dare is different for every grouping of hunter vanguards. Like, um, what, I, I would agree. With that. The dare is. I, I think I think it is in a way because you see in um, oh, it's it's a later card that he actually kind of explains the dare. Um, I think it might be showdown. Yeah. Showdown is where he, he says the hunter dare, like he explains what the hunter dare is. Um, and basically it's long story short. It's basically the first time that someone was like, you know, I bet you couldn't do it. It's the first time that a hunter said, you know what? Hold my beer. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's really, that's what it is. And, and you know, you, you, dare you dare another hunter to do this and if they lose then they have to do something and so the vanguard hunter dare is where it kind of seems that the vanguard mentor will dare another hunter to do something you know crazily insanely difficult and whoever wins the dare gets to walk free and mm-hmm. so you kind of see uh with the with uh andal and Cade, the dare was hunt tanix and come out on top or you wear the leash of the vanguard mentor and that's where Cade wins because Cade kills hand or Cade kills tanix in that particular instance and so mm-hmm. andal loses and so andal then has to take on you know that's again kind of where we were talking about you know it was made when they were enumerated and in the middle of there was a lot of other stuff going on for that but they made the dare and then Cade won fair and square and then Andal had to you know that's where that is so what it also means is that that what I see this is kind of being a, a confirmation that the vanguard hunter dare is different than just a hunter dare right like, yeah. the, this is this is where the vanguard mentor of the hunter because you know we also have the call out I think it's in uh, was it the destiny but- like the original destiny card where they kind of make the comment that Hunter Vanguard mentors are notoriously difficult to keep in the tower. So here's the here's my question though, because the guy who was prior Swish Swish River, the he was the prior Vanguard, right? Right. So with no Vanguard, there was no dare to be found. And the speaker how, told them to figure it out themselves. Right. So how in the world did these two knuckleheads decide that they were going to do the dare? They it's probably it's probably just a matter of all the hunters are like, we're not doing it. And then someone, you know, eventually one of them just was like, fine, we'll make a dare. And it's, you know, it's it's again, it's um, it's a combination of notoriety because you can you can say I won the Vanguard dare. And it also serves the purpose of actually getting them a mentor. <laughs> so right. the tower probably is like, we don't care 
why you do it, but someone has to do it and, you know, right. just do it. So I, I think that's, it's, it's a, oh God, it's, um, it's like a game of chicken for the hunters. Mm-hmm. If you make the dare, you have to be willing to live with the fact that you might lose the dare. And so a lot of them probably won't make the dare, but the ones that do make the dare, if they win the dare, they have like this great boost of notoriety within, you know, within the hunter ranks. Right. And then the ones who lose, well, they become the mentor. So, you know, it's it's basically for everyone else a win-win. And for the hunters, it's kind of a win-win too, except for the one person who has to then sit in the tower until he can, he or she can trick someone else into a dare. It's, it's I don't know. It, that's, it makes sense in my head. I don't know if that makes sense the way I explained it, though. I get it. So at this point, with that precedent... It's, it's we don't a giant have a dare. dare. It's a giant game of double dog dare on the playground. Okay, that's yeah. all yeah. it is. All the all of us hunters are children. <laughs> they that's really are. I, mean, I, didn't need, they, I didn't. I didn't need lore to tell me that. I'm just gonna. Hey, tell hey, 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 hey. There's no class shaming here. I, well, unless you're me. That's you, her. Uh huh. He beard is grumpy. Uh-huh. No. Uh-huh. Look, how many times do I get it for being a warlock on this show? Okay. Warlock, I'm a warlock. I love you. This is why I'm a hunter. Uh huh. Uh huh. See, uh-huh. see, no class uh-huh. shaming here. Not at all. I wasn't shaming myself. You just over here shaming me. What else is new? I wasn't shaming you. Uh huh. Uh huh. Blue's just like I've had enough of both of them. Blue. Oh yeah, yeah. No, sorry. I was reading chat. They're saying that we do actually have Cade's Dare. Uh, Cade's Dare is in the Ace of Spades quest. You kind of learn about this. Cade's Dare is any hunter that kills Cade is the hunter vanguard. Like he's like, so ah, you lose. No, no, no. Because Aldrin is not a hunter, nor is he a guardian, so he cannot be so a now, mentor. So the dare is is null and null void and at void, this point. Basically. And so right. now we have to find. So now we're going to have to go. <laughs> so now you're going to you're back to you're back to the situation of find two knuckleheads to double dog dare each other into it. Where's Shiro at when you need him? Uh, staying far, far away <laughs> from another couple of knuckleheads. <laughs> Oh god! Some place, some place, probably on Venus, hunting down another group of fallen. Since he already killed the kings, oh, gosh. along with Aldrin. Yep. Oh my gosh! Are we ready to go all in? Yes. Uh, uh yes, and this card. is actually this is a great card as well. Um, and then yeah, this is a term that means this is a a type of bet. Uh. This is where I kind of get the idea that it's a no limit game because really no limit is one of the few forms that you can do an all in bet. Um, most other forms of poker will have a ceiling that you can bet. Uh, but this term is when a player, you know, the the classical TV show moment where they push all the chips in. That is they are putting all the chips on the table in on this hand. It is a show of force. A lot of times, or the show of faith, mm-hmm. or, or stupidity, a, or all thing, all three, or a a tactical movement of bluffing. Yeah, 
this one we get mentions of Ace. And this is also where you see him kind of starting to acknowledge that Ace is not necessarily he he doesn't have yeah he doesn't he doesn't have um any confirmation that ace actually exists yeah uh and but at the same time he says that you know that's just an exo's lot in life Mm -hmm. you know he he says that you also learned that he has a friend down at the ramen spot jimmy uh yeah (laughs) i love i love that Uh uh you get you get the the again that kind of thing that I was talking about during the lost lore segment. This is where you car- you start seeing that he doesn't care about the fact that they might not be real. He he uses them as a as a uh, as a driving force to become better, and they are tools in a way that he uses to make himself better, to make himself a better person. You know, and and so that uh, the end. I'm just gonna. I'll just read this real quick. Um, let me see. He says, "I never wanted this. You never wanted this. I made it real clear to the Big Z, to Ikora, Banshee, Amanda, my pal Jimmy down at the ramen shop, that if anyone ever finds the Deepstone Crypt thingy, I stop counting at six. No higher. You hear me? No higher." I think there's just something about the number seven that gives me the heebie-jeebies. Unlucky, overrated, I don't know. Just a number with bad mojo in my book. So if you got a seven in tow or above, someone's changed the game. Someone's not playing nice. Might want to do something about that. If you haven't listened to the earlier files, the start of this ramble, find them, hear them. You might not want to take lessons from an unknown reflection, but trust me, whatever kind of man you are, you can be better. Also, there are journals. Don't call them a diary. A three-eyed gal with a preference for deep holes and nightmares always calls them diaries. Don't take cues from her. Anyway, end of the day, new me, if that's you, you get to choose who and how you want to be. The hope is maybe I can guide you a bit like the me before me did. And when you get to the part about the kid and the girl, my ace and my queen, they're yours too, by right, because they are all yours, a gift and you'll be the better for it. And if you don't feel that thing, that soft spot in the middle of all that circuitry when you get to them, then if you are me, you aren't like me at all. And that means you're trouble. The good kind or the bad, impossible for me to know. All I can do is give you the tools to raise you right. That goes for you too, Ace, if you're listening. Hell, it goes for anyone, strangers, old friends, new enemies. Learn from me. Be better than me, because I'd really hate to think whoever you are is someone I wouldn't get along with. It's like his handbook for both Ace, like a father to son type thing, but also to himself if he comes back as Seven. It is yeah, his. Yeah. It is him telling himself to, "You need to be a good person." I will well, try to help you and I will ramble. And you'll also start seeing, you also start seeing again, another iteration of the fact of why he is such a good mentor actually, mm-hmm. because this is kind of his attitude towards everything is he's always trying to, 
he's trying to make people smile. You know, we've, we've talked a lot about Cade's gallow humors and, and the way that he always has a joke or a wise crack at, you know, even in the darkest times. And that's honestly one of the reasons that, you know, taking King, he stood out so strongly is he was the, he was the conflict to the, the story that was going on. You know, you had Oryx and all the dark stuff that was going on with the hive. And then there was Cade, this like random, like smart ass out in the corner who's like snarky and making jokes the entire time. And there, there was a reason for that, that contrast from a storytelling point, but it also really did solidify Cade's character as that person who, who defends against the darkness and defends against the, 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 uh, the danger of, you know, giving up hope. He, he defends hope. That is his job really, even as a mentor is he's supposed to be the defender of hope. He's supposed to be the one that shows you the light, shows you the way to to the light. And that's where you start. This is where you start seeing that this is this is his purpose. Like this is really all the things that he's been trying to do his entire you know life as a guardian. Um, and you, you'll see this especially later on. Uh, I think it's in uh, River. Mm-hmm. Uh and then, you know, I, I want to say it's River and then um, Bluff. Uh, was it Bluff? Yeah, I think it's Bluff. Yeah, 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 Bluff. Um, and then also at the conclusion, the bad beat, those those really kind of kind of hammer home the fact that Cade is absolutely dedicated to this idea of being better, of doing good, well, keeping, it's just his, the... keeping his word. Yeah, keeping his word, especially. And that's actually what River talks about explicitly. Mm-hmm. People trust your word, they'll trust you. And trust, it's hard to come by and easy to lose. Give your word, keep your word, and when all else fails, you'll find you have friends there to pick up the slack. This whole, And the card itself is actually quite short compared to a lot of these. Yeah, it's still one of my favorite ones. But it's him hammering home the idea of to be honorable is to do what you say you're going to do. Mean what you say type thing. Like people trust your word. If you can, if people can trust your word, then they can lean on you and you can lean on them because then you can trust the, I mean, it's just, it's a well, good card. He, I mean, he points out that honor is a weapon and a shield. Yeah. Like, it's, like how like Zavala he, and Ikora, his, Saladin and Shaxx. I love the dig at Saladin and Shaxx. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like they, you know, I, I think it's, you know, he, he even acknowledges the, 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 you know, unfairness of being the person who keeps their word because he says, even if you, even if you don't have friend, like he says, so when all else fails, you'll find you have friends there to pick up the slack. Even if you mm-hmm. don't, you find yourself all alone, odds stacked, final curtains set to drop. At least you can go out knowing you did the right thing when it was asked. Um, There's I mean, also <laughs> one more and super important thing and beard. <laughs> yes. Beard. Yes. Mm-hmm. Find value in another. I don't have much in common with a ramrod titan or a fluffy warlock, but that's the key. Hey, he's, he's, he's just getting poetic there. They nice. used Floofy in a lore card. They also give us a great thing of saying, "Hey, don't become don't don't get wax and warlock on us, okay?" But the thing is, is he still finds value in their 
in their ways of thinking. Right. And and that's it's, again, it's the everyone has a different perspective of the situation. And that's right. what makes everybody unique and how things end up working at in the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the key. <laughs> real quick also, river is a term that is the final community card being dealt. Uh, the fifth card on the board. The fifth and final card. So at this point in the game, you usually you will have seven cards. Um, and basically this is... Uh, yeah, so the one other thing is if you lose the pot due to the river card, um, it has been said that you have been rivered. It which, stinks which because all... you generally put a ton of money in before yeah, at the this river. point. You've had three rounds of betting before. But you get all to I the can river. think of when I when I read that someone has been rivered is a firefly. Yeah, me too. Get out! <laughs> what? No, River is an amazing character, and she's absolutely terrifying. Yeah. I know, but if now you're... all I can think of is that Kate just went to take a wash. Oh, he was a leaf on the wind. Um, oh my god. <laughs> Curse, curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal uh, <laughs> oh jesus christ and so showdown. this brings us to showdown uh which basically is the point at which if more than one player is still in the game at this point uh this is this is where you kind of play you you lay your cards on the table uh so up until this point you have had your pocket cards uh they have not been revealed so no one knows what your pocket cards are. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's why bluffing is really big in these in poker. It's because there's a, there's an unknown component right here. Showdown, if there are point if there if this is at the point where there is not a winner already, this is where you show. And so that's kind of it. You just flip your, your pocket cards over. You will uh, determine that at this point the hierarchy of poker hands. Uh, which you know most people are pretty familiar with. The highest is a royal flush or five of a kind, and then going down you have like straight flush, four of a kind, full house flush, straight, three of a kind, two pair, one pair, and then a high card, um, or you've been rivered at that point. Or I guess technically you would have a high card, but yeah. So the, that's kind of the hierarchy of, and I know that was fast, but most people know poker hierarchy. If you don't, Somewhat. if you don't, Wikipedia's really not hard to find it um like it, it's just, Regardless, it's just it there's there's like what 12 different types of hands you can have yeah it's there's surprisingly there's quite not, a few i mean there there's quite a few but in like at first thought you'd think that there's a lot there's really i mean anyways counting cards isn't a whole nother conversation but showdown mm-hmm uh, showdown we kind of return back to andal and this is where we start seeing really the source of the the frustration and anger towards tanix um this is also where we get the explanation of the dare that i had mentioned earlier uh and this is where andal and him make the dare uh so ba- i can't remember he made the dare to it was basically kill Tanix or get chained to Vanguard duty. Uh, and then he explains that's that's when he goes and says the hunter dare dates back to nobody knows when. 
There are all kinds of stories about the first dare, but there's no way to discern the truth of a thing done who knows when by who knows whom. It was the first dare that time a hunter, and then he gets distracted. <laughs> so then he like starts talking about, oh, well, this is like way before um, hunters were called hunters or titans or warlocks. This is during the Risen Day. You know, he talks about the warlords. And gets distracted by the appropriate way to say ignoramus, um, which I can literally just hear <laughs> this. I can hear this entire thing in his voice because it's like there's a tangent and then there is another tangent. Then there is another tangent. And yeah, then he finally is like, ah, well, whatever. Uh, he comes back to it. It's basically a challenge of honor between those between two people. Mm-hmm. Uh and basically all of them are different. It doesn't matter. And the other thing is you don't have to take it. You can offer a dare, but if it if it's not taken, it's, you know, you probably lose some of your notoriety, uh, but you don't have to you don't have to adhere to it. But if you do take, it's on it's and then that goes back to hunters always keep their words. And it's all about honor. It's all about keeping your word. You also you also start seeing a tie-in to the original concept of hunters uh, daring or betting against each other and taking each other's cloaks. That's another thing that's a tie back way back to Destiny 1 that we've seen. Uh, that is how they will mark uh, how many dares they've won is they'll take fragments of the other, the losing hunter's cloak between bets and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, that's kind of a really rough summary of the dare here. Oh yeah. And he also, <laughs> he says once a dare was offered, if it was taken, it was took, it was on you. It was in you. Not metaphysically. I'm not talking warlock hocus pocus. I'm talking honor. Accepting the dare is giving your word. And that will take us. If you guys are good, that will take us to winner takes all, which is really the conclusion of the Vanguard dare um, and actually where we see that it's not just Cade who wants Tanix taken out. It's pretty much the entire Vanguard and the city. Um, yeah. Because apparently they were not the only ones that were sent after Tanix. Osiris was sent after Tanix. Saint-14 right. was sent after San- Tanix. Um, and... I don't remember how they got the inside scoop on where Tanix was. I'm trying to remember. <clears throat> Unless Ant did Andal tell him at all? No, because Andal wasn't in the Vanguard yet. He wasn't in the Vanguard yet. I, I, they. Oh gosh, man, where was it? Let's see. But yeah, so anyways, they they managed to get the they they uh, <clears throat> basically Cade found him first. So all of them are going after Tanix, and uh, Cade finds him first and killed him, or so he thought, and everyone thought that. Like, they all thought that. Um, oh, Osiris wasn't hunting Tanix. Osiris showed up for the party after Tanix was dead. Sorry. Um, Saint-14 was the one that was sent after, and I love the fact that he calls Saint-14 Sainty. <laughs> it's the best nickname for Saint-14 ever. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we also mm-hmm. see here, we see here, this is the really problem. 
Uh, he says, the real problem, the freak's still a pain. He's talking about Tanix. The freak's still a pain. He ain't no guardian, but the dude's been dead and not more times than I can track. Died twice by my hand alone. Second time, I even looked to deliver some insurance, but he was hauled off by his goons before I could add more lead to the collection I deposited in his chest. And neck. And gut. And head. Like, <laughs> um... But the second time wasn't the one that he's going to focus on. Uh, the first go-round was actually the dare. And it was Andal and him tracking him down against all the other bounty hunters. Um, and this is also where uh, Andal kept his word. you kind of get the condition of where the dare was made. Uh, Shiro and Cade had just gone through some rough. Oh no, this was right after the tan, the initial Tanix thing. Mm-hmm. So Shiro and Cade were in rough shape. Uh, Nian had was dead. Lush was still broken, broken because he had lost his ghost. Uh, emotions were high. Liquid was flowing. Um, and then so they, they made the dare in a quote-unquote compromised state. But he's like, even though he kind of like wishes Andal didn't hold to it, he acknowledges that to back out of it would have been a, would have been a mark on him. And regardless, his relationship with Andal would change. Like either he keeps his word and keeps his, you know, keeps his honor as a hunter, his relationship will change. Or he doesn't keep his word, and to all for all intents and purposes, that pulls into question everything he is as a hunter. Um, but he's still. I mean, at the end, he's he's still he was still Cade's brother for his perspective. He says brothers right. don't stay mad at brothers. That's just the way it is. Um, and then of course that's when Andal started giving them the inside scoop on on hunts so shiro and Kade didn't remain mad at him for too long because it, no. it became profitable for them uh though it is it does also call into fact that andal was apparently one of the best rule breakers in world walkers uh so it was it's kind of an interesting picture of of andal at least um, and Considering that one, we don't have too much of a picture of him. Yeah, other than uh, Micah acknowledges that Andal was going to be trouble when mm-hmm. uh, he was first sent to Tallulah. Well, uh, Kate calls him out as kind of a troublemaker too, though. Yeah. But he's also, he. I, I don't know, I get the picture of Andal as the, the silver tongue friend who can like talk his way out of anything. Probably. Knowing him. He's definitely more so. Well, we don't know because we have only have we ever even heard him? Because we heard him in the night. No, it wasn't the Night Stalker no. quest. No, that was um, that was somebody else. Tevis. That's right. Tevis is awesome. Um, yeah, no, we haven't. We have not heard Andal that we know of. We have not heard Andal mm-hmm. that we know of. Um, but I, that would take us to Bluff. Bluff, which is excuse me. Oh, I'm assuming yours you're gonna to want to take this one. This one's so good. So <clears throat> Bluff is the card that actually talks about essentially love. 
Sappy Dappy Green likes the cards about love. Go figure. But the Cade talks about how this is where his queen comes in. And he calls out, because <laughs> if you remember in D1, his uh, queen of hearts, we all had these various theories that who this queen was. Like if it was an actual person in game still, if it was Mara, if it was the sisters, like the just so many weird theories. This one calls it out like, no, it, it's weird. But that's where my queen comes in. And before you make a reef joke or mention that witch and her witches or her mopey little brother, don't. That queen, my queen is not that queen. My queen is love. My queen is my heart. My queen is hard to explain. She is my memory of love. My understanding of it only exists through her. But she's not here. She's long gone. So I cling to the feeling I get when imagining her. And when I do, I am oh so content, but it's a struggle. We lose so much in this life. And he kind of keeps going on and talks about this, about how this image of her, which there's no, like, he doesn't ever describe her. It's just his, it's almost like an idealized woman type thing or like, um, the, the, relation that I actually get is a soldier away from home remembering his sweetheart. That's what it kind of feels like to me. And the idea of his queen is what helps push him to be better. You get that in this card. Uh, Even when we win, it seems like we all lose, which is talking about like how guardians lives are basically that scratch that I don't believe that there's, one thing I'm not, and it's a defeatist. I mean, I defeat. I definitely defeat. <laughs> one might even say defeating is my one job. My One of my jobs, one of many. I mean, he just kind of backtracks a little bit. But what his job is not is pessimism. So he talks about how he's a high-octane optimist and nothing but hugs. Mostly. Not always. Always gets annoying. But mostly, I'm the life of the party. So Cade's going through and he's talking about how he's there. He's supposed to help give hope. There's, oh gosh. He rambles a lot in this card. He spells the word granite. (laughs) And it's not granted. It's granite as in the rock. Which bothers me. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like a Cade joke to me. Oh my god. It's so bad. <laughs> but it's not even I his mean, joke. It was a warlock not. joke. Yeah. It's a warlock <laughs> joke. Smartest guy I've ever known. But maybe he wasn't, you know? For granted. <laughs> Almost as dumb as his catchphrases. It's like, wow. Okay, we were talking about not being classes, but Cade was actually really bad about it. Oh, well, you know. But I I like I like this last piece of it. He says, "Each new day, hell of a thing. Embrace it, enjoy, enjoy it, but never forget it's a hard life. And when friends fall, when brothers fade, when your queen, when, when we lose the things that matter." 
Well, a lot of people can use that, own it, that pain, that loss. They find a way to motivate, to celebrate. For all my charms, seeing the good and the gone ain't one. And my queen helps me through that because I believe she was something special. She was good. She had to be. And I? Yeah, I do. So d- much. When the others I've lost along the way start to weigh me down, I think of her and she just overwrites everything else. That's how strong her pull is. That's how big the hole she left is. Massive. It devours. She swallows all other bad things. Not sure it's healthy, the, day I, the way I deal with loss. But it's my way. It's what works for me. And it makes me happy. Thinking of her makes me happy. And the loss fades away. I just, I love the, 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 again, the brutal honesty of really that, that kind of just, he pulls back for a moment and you can see, you know, you were talking about, you know, he's, he's constantly trying to give hope. He's trying to foster hope. Well, in order to foster hope, you have to have hope. And this is where he gets that hope that he then passes on. You know, it's, you know, he's, he's had a lot of things that have gone wrong in his life. And even so he constantly has the ability to, to step back, take a moment and come back with that, that joke, that one last snark, that one last, you know, wisecrack or something like that to make everyone else kind of pick up. You know, I think a lot of, um, the, the destiny Two intro where you have the, the Cade speech and the Zavala speech, and like, you know, the, the contrast between the two, Zavala is all about, you know, the honor and the the defending the city, blah, blah, blah. And Cade's sitting there and he's like, no one's taking him serious. He's like, but there's loot. He's like trying to find something to get them ex- like energized. I, it's just that is what he's doing. He is trying to find something to connect to people with. And then but in order to connect to that, you have to. You have to understand where they're coming from, and he does understand where they're coming from. He has the same pains that they do. He has the same tragedies, or not the exact same, but he understands the tragedies that they're going through as guardians, as civilians. He recognizes, you know, this is what is going on. The wounded healer is the one that heals the best because they understand the wounds that they are trying to fix, and that's what Kate is. Kate is kind of that that tragic comedian who understands why comedy and why laughter is so important to the world. That's the bluff that he has. He's bluffing a lot of times because what he actually feels is not this happiness. You know, that's not, that's not what he's feeling, but he puts on the face of a comedian to make sure and it makes, it makes me think of Robin Williams, you know, um, Robin Williams always had a point of, the person who makes the person who wants everyone to laugh the hardest is the person who's often the saddest. They understand why laughter is so important. Uh, and so that's where I, I kind of see Cade, you know, kind of standing here. And that's really, <clears throat> I mean, that really kind of comes into bad beat. Uh, Which I'm going to need you to explain what bad beat is in poker. Cause okay, this so, one, I've never heard this term before. <clears throat> bad beat. You get a bad beat. Uh, basically, excuse me, gosh. <clears throat> uh, bad beat is when you lose a hand where you're basically ahead. And then for some fluke, 
you at the very last minute lose. Uh, so you have like one hand, so you, you, it's, it's basically like often what will happen is like in the showdown, uh, the, the last card of the river will change everything. And like Mm -hmm. you, you had, you know, let's say you had, you know, whatever, four of a kind. And then the last card in the river allows the person you're playing against to have a, a flush, um, or a five of kind, you know, it's, it's, it's that bad beat. It's just bad luck. Uh, if you have it's it's and it's not just poker actually it's a it's a, a phrase that actually is throughout a lot of different things. Um, yeah, black flag in chat. It's the plot twist, like it's yeah. the 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 hook that you're not expecting. Um, so yeah, and so bad beat really is kind of an acknowledgement here. You know, it's the card a, it's itself. right. It's also the bad beat here is the fact that the queen and ace are a lie. And so I'm, I'm actually, if you guys are okay, I'm going to read the entire card here. Cause I, I, this is seriously one of my favorite cards from Cade. And it's a super good one. It's, it's just, it's so genuine from him. And that's something that I really appreciate. It's also the most coherent without a lot of rambling. Yes. Yes. It is that too. I don't have to pick and pick and choose the quotes on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I can make it through with my voice, um, bad beat been trying hard to give you a sense of what matters to me, but also to find a way to talk about the things that, uh, that scare me thing really singular. And that thing is loss losing. I'm a poor loser. I admit it. I run from it full speed. Others don't others accept it, but everything I said about my queen is true. She is my shield. She is also a lie. I don't know when I made her up, or better, I don't know when I decided to believe in a life I don't know and can never truly own. Was it during this life? Was it my rebirth as a guardian or the void of everything I was before? What drove me to invent comfort? Possible. Even likely, but I'm not sure. I do have flashes of memory of the life I had before I was a guardian, but that's all they are. Flashes. Quick flickers of people and places in my dreams or in that space between a bullet and getting rezzed. I see a woman there, and she's all I've ever known of a life long since gone. I feel love for her. Is that love a memory, or am I simply loving the memory? I've convinced myself of the former. I've concocted a truth to make myself whole. The kid. The woman. I do not know them. They are not real. But I wish I did, and I wish they were. They're just the two best cards I could find to keep my keep up my sleeve when the odds were stacked against me. I made them real in my mind and in my heart. I fell in love with the idea of them, and I crafted a truth that allowed me to feel. In truth, it was selfish. When I came to for the first time, I felt so alone, broken. My ghost tried to comfort me, but this life felt hollow, so I ran. But the flashes, like daydreams, they promised something more, something other than suffering and war. So I clung to them, and I built my truth, and it made me a better man. Some would dispute that fact. Some would say, a good man who lies to himself is good only because he hides from the truth. But I disagree. I think in this world, you need to find what is best in you and cling to it. That's all I did. I found what moved me, and I fought for it. Without Ace... And without my queen to listen to me, to hear me, to see me, there's no telling who I would have become. But I know. 
and I know there's a chance it wouldn't have been very nice. So that's what I'm offering to you here. A chance. Look at my life. Look at the things I've said, the things I've done. See how the promise of a simpler life and true, pure love, even if it was all just a game, see how it drove me, directed me. Now go find your own. I know this confession isn't as clean as you may like, but then again, it's not a confession. It's a warning. Find the path to your best self and walk it, because the alternative is a lonely road. Don't you ever forget it. Otherwise, I may just have to come back and kick your ass. See you later, pal. Cade 6. It's the last card in the book. Yep, it is his sign-off. And it is the best card in the book. Cade actually being straight up. But that's, that's, that's what makes me love this card so much is this is a full and unfiltered look at what Cade is like Mm -hmm. this is, there is no, there is no, uh, confusing, you know, tangents. There's no, uh, uh, filters that he's yeah there's there's nothing that he's using to detract from the fact from the point that he's making here Mm -hmm. and it's because of that and it's it's also because it's it's again contrast in his character because of just the stark reality of the way that he delivers this particular entry it drives it home so much more powerfully and this is this is where in the lost lore I was telling I was saying you know he acknowledges that he does not know if Ace and the Queen are are real, and in all honesty they could be completely figments of some Clovis Bray scientist to to combat Der. That's a hundred percent possible. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know that, but he has chosen. He has actively chosen to make them real. And in choosing to make them real, they become real to him. It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, they're long dead. They're gone. You know, it, it's that's just the fact. They, they are no longer even around. Mm-hmm. And so what it, it doesn't hurt anybody. And actually, even if it did hurt anybody to him, this is his world. This is his reality. He has made these people real to him in order to help him become better or in order to help him overcome something. Mm-hmm. And the reason I kind of I, I kind of keep focusing on this aspect is this, guys, this is a, a beautiful look into what what uh, phenomenological psychology holds to. This is taking up of a of a story, taking up of a of a, a thought and making it real for yourself. It doesn't matter if it's real for someone else. It matters if it's real for you. It matters how you take up your world and how you interpret your world. It matters what you do with that information and how you interpret it and how you realize it specifically real in Ising. You realize something and make it real. And that's what Kate is doing here. That is what Kate is doing with the figure of Ace, with the figure of his queen. He is using them as a weapon and a shield against the depression and against the darkness in his world. And because of that, he is able to not only survive that darkness, he is actually able to overcome that darkness and generate a blazing bright light that gives hope to others. And I think mm-hmm. that, you know, that to me, and I'm, and I'm sorry for harping on this, 
but you know, beard, I, I know you saw the thing that I shared earlier today on Twitter right now in today's world, you need characters like this. You need to have characters like this to show you how to do this, because this is an amazingly important skill for anyone in reality. And seeing this in a character in a video game is just mind boggling, amazing for me to gravitate to. I absolutely love this. And I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll, I'll post a link, but there was a, there was a video that, uh, I think it was Bife actually originally who I saw it from. Um, but someone over on Reddit made a, a clip of like all the different, uh, messages throughout destiny of the different NPCs who are just basically affirming your character and, you know, being positive about your character and how, like, no matter what guardians get up, they get up, they, their eyes are up, your eyes up. You know, you're always getting better. You're always getting up and getting better. You never stop. You don't just back down. And that's an important message. This is also an important message that people need to hear. Everybody needs to hear that every once in a while. So I apologize for the bit of a rant there, but He's okay. this is this is actually why this lore booklet, this collection of lore is, I'm going to be honest, actually probably one of my favorite entries or like as a series, like, because you mm-hmm. finally, you finally see what we've kind of always thought about Cade, you know, like the gallows humor is a defense mechanism. You know, we've talked about that a lot of times. This is the realization that that is actually what's he, and it's, it's so cool because it's not even a lot of times gallows humor is uh, done unconsciously. Uh, it's, it's a defense mechanism that a lot of people gravitate towards. Sarcasm's the same. Uh, you know, sarcasm is often stemmed from, something generally unconscious that you're trying to defend yourself from pain of some kind of psychological pain. Uh, you see that as an excuse for a lot of the depersonalization on the internet, you know, trolls or flame wars, all that stuff that often, that often stems from a person who is in a lot of pain and they just, that there's no way to, there's no way to realize that and to make it, you know, like there's no way for them to, to acknowledge it. Cade's, Cade's character here is actually actively choosing to to harness the pain and the loss and the the depression and the darkness he is harnessing in that and then using his own broken memories something that you know to some people would be a terrible detriment he is using those as a tool to build a better place and i i think that's i think that's really something that is not stated enough for his character a lot of people get lost in the jokes and the and the kind of the the shallowness that he he puts on and that is all an act because ultimately what he's doing is he's trying to make you focus on that because he doesn't want you distracted by what's actually, you know, the darkness that's right behind him. He wants you to have hope. He wants you to be led to the light. He wants you to be a better person and in doing so he detracts the the power of that darkness. He he brings more power to the light. He brings more power to the goodness of the world. And that is in and of of himself, that is the way that Cade really does do battle against the darkness as a, not a capital D darkness, but like the darkness. He talks about the the last city and kind of the hopelessness, the hopelessness of the situation that humanity is in. And he then goes, but I'm not a defeatist. I am, you know, I'm, I'm an optimist. I'm a, a, what was it? A high octane optimist. Uh You know, he, he, those are all active decisions. And the thing about the, the, and this goes back to the DER thing too. 
because the ama- the mind-boggling amazing thing about the human brain is this if you fake it until you make it there's a reason that that works Mm-hmm. If you convince yourself in your head that you are okay, that you are a, you know, that you are, there, there is a degree to which the power of thought is actually a real thing. Now, there are admittedly a whole there's host, limitations there's, to it. There's a whole host of, of, of actual real situations that that is not the case. And I am fully and utter, like, I will completely admit that. But there is also a point that if you don't, if you don't, get on board with wanting to get better, you're not going to get better because your brain doesn't let you. So there's, there's a combination there of, of, uh, what's called psychology and psychiatry. Psychiatry is the, the physical, um, usually the drugs, the chemicals and stuff like that, the neurotransmitters and all that. And psychology is your, your thoughts, your, your unconscious, your conscious, however, whichever school of psychology you want to go with. That's what the difference is. A psychiatrist will prescribe. A psychologist will counsel. Um, sometimes they come in the same person. Sometimes they don't. And that's that's up to the individual seeking counseling. But that's why counseling doesn't work a lot of times. It's because counseling requires the individual to be 100% honest with himself. And that's what I love about this entry right here. Is this is Cade being 100% honest with himself. And then saying, you know, you have to, you have to be this honest with yourself as well. We kind of talked about this with the Mara Senna, with Mara, mm-hmm. you know, being completely comfortable with her own, her own shortcomings and her own failings. And that's why Mara is such a force to deal with is because she knows, she knows her own shortcomings. She knows what she needs to, to cover as far as like her weakness. She doesn't try to hide her weaknesses necessarily, but she understands that she needs to shore up. You know, she needs Alderin to do this part because she's not necessarily the best at that. She needs a wrath to, you know, to do this piece because she's not the necessarily the best at that. She is really good at this part, so she doesn't really need someone to help with there. Same concept that Cade's doing here. It's just a different, different approach. It's just a different approach to, to fixing a similar issue. And Black Flag, yeah, I really like that. Uh, he he says he describes Cade in a single phrase. The deeper the darkness, the brighter the light. The fake it till you make it thing. That is a legitimate uh, practice in acting, singing on stage or like stage fright. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I took a class in college about com- uh, combating stage fright. It was literally a, a semester course that we had to take. Now, granted, it wasn't just like this, the psychology of it or anything that there was some physicality things you could do too. Oh but. no, a hundred percent. And that's, I mean, but that's true for any aspect of it, right? right. Business, business wise as well. You can, right. you can fake it, but there, there is, I mean, you still there have is to skill. Back you it up you still have to, day. you have to still, yeah, you still have to be able to do it eventually. Like, mm-hmm. but I mean, and, and as far as from a, uh, from a psycho- psych- psychological standpoint uh, for counseling purposes, uh, what that what that really is is about that initial that initial drive right to to mm-hmm. show up, you know, um, your your uh, uh, different it's the Michael Jordan effect. Yeah, I mean, you see this a lot in like the double uh, A meetings, you know, the twelve steps. That's a very common mm-hmm. example a lot of people see. But like, you you have to one of the early steps to any type of counseling or prevent or. Um, 
reparation, rehabilitation, reparation, or what what have you. One of the earliest steps is the individual who is being in, like who's being coached. They have to want it. They have be, because if you it's show the up same to thing with like losing weight. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, but this is this, again. This goes back to like anything. This is the the brilliance of the human human mental system. Is if you don't want to, you're not going to. It. It. You, there. There's no miracle out there that will overpass it. Um. I've seen a lot of arguments from different uh, different thinkers who, you know, they'll they'll kind of snarkily say doctor's job is to give you a placebo until your brain catches up and makes it better. You know, like and that and that's not true, but it is like the point is, is like if you think that the drug is going to work there, there are clinical trials that show that the placebo drug will sometimes in some cases work if work just as well, if not better than the actual drug, because the person right. taking it is so convinced that that is the drug that they're taking. They, they actually re like they rewire specific aspects of their body just through mental, like just through the convention or the, the, uh, the, con- the mental confirmation to themselves that it's happening. Like placebo mm-hmm. effects do occur. Um, Right, they're not super common, but I mean, it it is arguably something that can happen. But yeah. I will go on for hours about this is particular there, thing, so I'm going to cut myself like, off. Are there any last, like last comments on this book that you guys have before we get to shoutouts? Uh, I just wanted to really take note that it's a another great way that we see a character develop through destiny or just storytelling as a whole, uh, which we don't really get a ton of so far. Uh, but to see it with Cade is a very a nice little step on uh, the writer's parts as well. So I wanted to make sure that was at least called out a little bit. Uh, seeing these guys fleshed out a little bit more has been awesome, uh, and I hope that this is carried on in the future. See, yeah, seeing the characters from the characters' voice. Yeah, makes I mean, a I big know... difference in oh, terms God. of like how I how I view them, what they mean to me. Yeah, and I know Kate. Kate does not have a ton of monologues as far right. as like in-game audio, but it also brings a whole new appreciation for Nathan Fillion and um, why can't I think of Nolan North Mm -hmm. and their performance of him because reading these cards and I'm going through and reading them now for the audio log that I'm going to try to get out. I don't Mm -hmm. know when, but I'm going to try to get out, but it is not an easy thing to read this, this, this voice because there's so much, distraction he's constantly getting distracted and telling these stories in such a weird way but they're all linked together mm-hmm. he's he's the he's the kid who goes from point a to point z to point three like he just gets there somehow and it's it's a whole new appreciation for those voice actors to be able to pull that off it's okay and, Cade. i can relate Oh god, it's impressive. But blue, any final sh- 
comments on this before we go to shoutouts? No, I mean, I, I, like I said, I, I can go on and on about the implications of Cade's like confession slash warning message because I just, I, I really can't stress. I mean, I'm going to back beard up the, the presentation of Cade's character in this book just blows me away. I love it. I, I absolutely love it because of because not because of I mean yes in story wise it's it's very impressive it's very well written it's very well done as far as development wise but also because of what it it's it's actually teaching it's like it's actually showing things that are applicable in reality and this is why I love yeah. video games this is why I love reading and and analy- analyzing you know, different stories is because this is the kernels of education that are built inside stories that, that, that is the point of storytelling. Storytelling is meant to teach. That's the whole point. And this is by far one of the most tangible examples that I've seen in a while. And the best thing about it is it's about a video game guys. Like that's just what is so amazing to me. Like this isn't this isn't you know Eli Wiesel's talking about the Holocaust. This isn't you know, uh, you know we talked about Heidegger. You know this this isn't like a a super big philosopher. Th- this is a group of people who are amazing at their job, but they're writing about a fictional character and they're using that fictional character to show an aspect of life that is real and is very powerful, and is very important. And to be honest, we don't talk about it a lot in reality. Um, you know, and I can go on and on about that whole thing as well, but this is something that it gives you an avenue to discuss something that a lot of people find uncomfortable to talk about. And it gives you a healthy example of how to take some really dark stuff and make something somewhat positive out of it. I think that's really important. I don't think you can stress that enough. Agreed, agreed, agreed. So shout out, Spear, do you want to shout out first? Uh, yeah, I don't really have too much this week again. It's been uh, been one of those weeks. Uh, just continue to take care of each other, quite frankly. Um, I know, I don't know if it's just a hour time difference for those of us in the States that have been fighting it, or if it's uh, something else. But I just see a lot of people that are extraneously stressed in comparison and i feel like everybody was already really stressed and it's just hyping on top of each other so be patient with each other um try not to throw out the obscenities early if need be or anything like that but uh just be patient with each other try to care for each other as time goes by here i know we're we're not exactly in the best of times right now mentally for a lot of people, so just keep that in mind in your your day to day. That's really all I got. My shout out, yeah, is a call out to everybody with the oncoming flu season. <laughs> yes. So yeah, blue. God, yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So I was. I took beard, the extra. I took the extra credit and took one for the team really early on in the season. Yeah, he did. Mm, okay. um, That's what how was we're the, look at this. Okay. What was the thing that <laughs> Z used to send you every day? Yes, that that everybody stopped, and now I'm just like, oh, okay, that's great. Now everybody else starts to get it, and now like, yeah, um, the whole like, 
Like blue, like blue was the one that started it, and I'm <laughs> fine for the most part. Mm-hmm. And he's the one that gets it. Are you taking care of yourself? Are you yeah. eating Too- more than just chips and dip? Are you drinking? To be fair, more than Green, just green did message me about that, and I just ignored her. Yeah, of I course. told him it's like, do you want me to start sending that to you because you're not taking care? Because <laughs> he, Blue. For those of you who don't know, Blue is notorious for not going to bed. I mean. The- you are too beard. Yeah. Let he let let the person I without am this the one who gets <laughs> in this podcast. I maybe not. I Justin. mean, I'll, like, maybe Justin, I'll give you. But no, I, I, no. I guess say no. Justin just falls you probably, asleep on you, the podcast. Yeah, you, Justin yeah. just uses the podcast as a nap time. <laughs> Poor guy. But yeah, just everybody who's out there listening, take care of yourselves. It's it's the holiday season. Things are going to be starting to speed up. A lot more people are going to be out doing their Christmas shopping and Thanksgiving stuff. And take care of yourself. Drink plenty of fluids. This is coming from the daughter of a nurse. Drink plenty of fluids. Get your sleep. You two on the podcast with me, I'm going to start like messaging you. I, I don't know how to get you two to go to bed at a decent time. I'm going to tell your wife. And I'm going to tell... I don't, I'm going to tell Z, I don't know, Beard. I'm just going to tell somebody to bug you and tell you to go to bed. Well, and the other thing, too. Good Good luck with that. The other other thing, too, and this is something I have to actively remind myself of every single holiday season is be patient. Yes. Um, There's a lot, there's a lot of craziness going on, you guys, you know, you know it. I'm not going to get into the, the whole politics or anything like that. There's a lot of stuff going on. And holiday seasons are always when tensions run high. Uh, it's when the crazy stuff happens. People are not paying attention because they're you know last minute shopping. The people who don't normally drive on roads are getting on roads, and it's really bad weather in a lot of areas. You know, it's just there's a lot of different variables that go into it. Yeah. Slow down. Just be patient. Everything's gonna work out fine. It'll be okay. Like you don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you need like get on the road early, you know, what, whatever. But the thing is, is don't, don't get impatient. Don't, you know, flare up because tensions are going to run high. It's going to be stressful. That's just holidays. Um, I know a lot of people wish it wasn't, but Hey, welcome to reality. It's just the way it is. Um, but yeah, and and it's, and like I said, it's something I have to remind myself of too. I, I mean, I, I'm not a, I'm not a slow or I'm not a defensive driver. I'm a very aggressive driver. Um, and so Christmas season is, it's a very, very rough time for me because a lot of people drive like it feels like purposely half the speed limit. Um, yeah. And just like I said, just be patient. Uh, just take your time. Appreciate what you have, you know, with everything that's going on. A uh, big shout out to the the wild the guys that are in the wildfires right now. That's that's a huge thing going on right now over in California. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just give give the ones that you have with you in your life a hug and appreciate what you have a lot of a lot of things that we have we take for granted um slow down mhm but yeah all right guys with that all being said we're going to take off we'll stay around for a little bit of an outro uh but we will see you guys next week
With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. Links to our episode archives can be found at www.focusfirechat.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments or questions for our team concerning the podcast and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. Also, be sure to check out all of our amazing partner podcasts within the Guardian Radio Network over on theguardiansofdestiny.com. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright. <laughs>